and welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a fresh-faced first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And this, this is, is The Story, story So Farscape. Farscape. Yeah, yeah. Sort of nailing the whole thing. The Story So Farscape uh, on this fantastic television show from uh, 1999, a, a, an American astronaut on a solo mission uh, uh, to prove a theory gets zapped through a wormhole. To record previously unrecorded speeds. <laughs> yes, it's all about the unrecorded speeds. Uh, uh, as was the title of our pilot episode. Ah, yes. And he arrives on a uh, on a ship. A living ship. Uh, yeah, very yes. good. Full of... St- Strange. Strange aliens, yes. yes alien chased, lo- chased by an insane commander. Very good, very good. See, you're... <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm remembering there. it now, yes. Yes, and now, do you remember how the theme tune goes? Oh, uh, yes, but I'm, like, terrible without a second voice. You're in luck, because here in... No, that's not the one, that's Doctor Who. Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it kind of has the same time tunnel effect, so... Oh, you're right. Actually, we got to see the time tunnel a bit uh, a bit better in this episode at one point. Uh, yes, I suppose that was a bit of a flashback moment that we were having. Uh, so he's he's met some some colourful alien creatures, such as Aaron, who looks just like him. Yes, uh, a, a symbiote, no, a, 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 a sebaceous flu, no, some, yeah, a sebaceous. Citation, no, where do you want to go? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, she's a, uh, she's a citation. Dargo, or also known as Tentacles, the Luxon warrior. Yep. Um, our, Who has uh, some smashing pajamas? He does. He does. And Mister Earbrows, the uh, Rigel, the Dom- Domina Rigel the Sixteenth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So last week we we had uh, till the blood runs clear, where there was a where there was a wanted beacon, and and uh, uh, Crace yes. uh, identified these three criminals that had that had escaped: uh, Dargo, Rigel, and and Zan. But he called Rigel. Uh, he styles himself Dominar Rigel the Sixteenth. Right. Yes, the Hynerian who styles himself as Rigel the Sixteenth. Which initially, when I when I when I heard that, I thought, oh, maybe he's faking it. Right, like maybe he's just yeah. pretending. Maybe that's what, or maybe they're just downplaying the fact that he is actually someone. Turns out, styling yourself—that that is like what what you that sort of defines what the correct terminology for your rank is. Oh, because okay. You, yeah, you. So you, it's you, not being pretentious. No, well, you're still being pretentious. Oh, but, okay. Uh, uh, it's it's sort of it's sort of etiquette, like within the etiquette of my culture. What is my rank called? And oh, how is it okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's actually yeah. quite. Uh, Quite cool to know how to address someone. Like uh, I learned how you're supposed to address uh, the queen, the English queen. Yes. Um, which is first time it's your Majesty, and after that it's ma'am. Uh, ma'am. Ma'am. All right. Yeah. No, ma'am, ma'am as in ma'am. ham, not ma'am as in palm. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very good. So you, you watched uh, the king's speech as well, which I is where not. I learned that. No, oh. I did not. I, I somehow picked it up on uh, through something else. I don't know quite where, where or how. Through knowledge osmosis. Yes, I think it might have been from the opening scene of the. Uh, London Olympics, where uh, James Bond oh, wanders wow. into the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he'd know the manners. Which I thought was amazing, because like, basically she ad-libbed the part where she kind of ignores him for a little bit before he uh, before addressing oh, wow. her. Yes. <laughs> she just like, finishes writing her letter, and then she goes, like, Bond. <laughs> <laughs> That's a power move. Yes. I mean, she's like, if anybody can make a power move, it's her. Was it the actual queen? As far as I know, yes, it was. Huh. I mean, not the, the not the one jumping out of the helicopter, but uh, you know, it's like <laughs> I mean, uh, as, as far as I'm aware, that was the actual queen. That she actually they actually filmed that with with the queen. Oh wow, that's that's kind of cool. I mean, the 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 
the 2012 Olympics, like the opening section was fantastic. Directed by Danny Boyle. Yes. Uh, a, a beloved film director of some, some masterpieces. But we're dealing with 1999, not with 2012 here. Yes, that's right. And and did we have, hey, if, if we climb into your far back machine, yes. do we have any other masterpieces to enjoy around well, that Well, one time? that I particularly enjoyed was Dogma by uh, Kevin Smith. Oh, wow. Which was also a 1999 movie. Also, I think, filmed in Australia. Was it? I don't know, but it's sort of tweaking my little uh, oh. my little trivia hindbrain. I don't. I mean, it, I don't know. Kevin Smith did he ever do any Australian film? He was it like all about been, American and uh, yeah. It might have just been cheap. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure that there are some uh, some yes, listeners it, who, uh, for, for those of people who haven't seen the movie, yes. it's about uh, two angels trying to get back into heaven and God lost somewhere on earth. Yes, and uh, the, uh, Bartleby the, and Loki. I think yes, their names that's are, the one. and they're played by um, um, what's face and the other guy. Uh, <laughs> Okay. I can assist you, but this is actually kind no, of a I fun know. game. Uh, Matt Damon could, oh. and uh, I just can't. You know how I'm with names. I know I, I can picture that face I and, and his other. N- will admit something to you right now. I can't really come up with his name. I think it's, it's a Ben. I think Ben it's Affleck. A, yes, it Affleck. is. Affleck. Yes, that's that's the one. right. I'm yeah. stuck with Ben Browder. Like the, who's they're on. Uh, they're uh, like you know they're hetero life mates. Oh no, wait, that's uh, <laughs> Jake and Silent Bob again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, they're they're very much like uh, uh, Chewbacca and uh, uh, and Han. I guess no, that's Jane, Silent Bob again. again yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, oh, there, there, there's this one, one lovely scene in the in the movie where they do the fourth wall breaking, where staring into the camera, and it's like uh, when you're only doing a movie to because you owe your friend a favor, you know, and they basically <laughs> yes. knowingly look into the camera. <laughs> but yes, with uh, Alanis Morissetti as God, uh, uh, yeah, who doesn't speak. Because no. her her voice would uh, uh, would crush uh, mere mortals. Oh, yes, wow, and it took them about four atoms before they figured that one out. If we <laughs> that was a brilliant line by Alan Rickman. Yes, who is brilliant in that movie? Oh, whom we featured on the Far Back Machine before. He was also in Galaxy he Quest. He was. He was. Yes. Where he played Doctor Lazarus, uh, and this time he was the Metatron. Yes, the the voice of the voice of God, uh, also an angel. Oh, uh, so much of this movie is coming back. Like he he teleports uh, your woman. What's what was her name? Oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, teleports her away to uh, like a, a, a restaurant where Chinese food is being served. No, no, so- uh, a Mexican. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Are we are we in Mexico? Well, no, no, we're just down I- the street. But the principle is the same. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, that's uh, that, that 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 debut around debuted debut that debuted around the same time as uh uh Farscape did. What a what a summer that was. Yeah, it was like Holy there's, there's, crap. A, there's a few more coming in the far back machine. Oh, uh, I'm really excited. Yes, that's like it was a good year for movies and for television as we can see. I I think it's a really fun thing to to do because uh, I mean, seeing this show is is a far back machine for me. Yes. Like uh, uh, I was um, I was 18 years old when it was uh, when it was airing. I think I was like just in that liminal period where I was either just living at home or I was living on my own as yeah. a, as a as a student. Oh, and exciting all that years. freedom! Yeah. So this week's episode is 112 Rhapsody in Blue, where Zanis asks to help an outpost of fellow Delvians attempting to avoid the madness that threatens them. Ooh. So it opens up with a lovely scene of um, Crichton getting it on with his girlfriend. I suppose we did. We see his girlfriend before? No, and I no. Don't think I have. don't think it's it's even uh, mentioned. Like this is uh, this is Alex Alexandra, as mm. we uh, as we find out. 
uh, and we find out that she's also a scientist who is getting a uh, full scholarship at Stanford or something, a full grant or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever that's... Uh, I mean, she's clearly like a researcher. Yeah, so it's probably some sort of uh, researching position, probably a uh, post-grad uh, type thing considering their age and everything. Yeah, yeah, like they're both uh, they're yeah. both mature scientists and... Yeah. And my first thought is like, oh, is this a dream? No, it's a flashback. And then, like, no, it turns out to be a dream anyway later on. But yeah. Which is also a flashback. Yeah. It is. It is but yeah. Uh, now, I'm curious what the situation is, is here because we start with some red roses. Oh, it's so romantic. And they're on a bed with white sheets and, uh-huh. and red covers. And making out. And, and oh, it's so gorgeous. And, and then the- they go into the post coital discussion about their future and how <laughs> she's gotten the Stanford thing and he's decided to stay in Florida with, Na- with IASA. I, yeah, he's got a chance at the space program. program yes. But they're in a room with like red roses, red blankets. Okay, so far so good. There's a there's a pyramid of what looks like red Christmas ornaments on the table. For some reason, they've got uh, 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 stale champagne by the by the side of the bed. So they clearly just had a like. Is this their bedroom? In which case, like it's a it's really yeah. a lovely pad with, uh, yeah. with French doors, uh, or is this just some I don't know a frail a pad room? that they write? I have no idea. I mean, it could be either. It's not. Yeah, it's not really important either to the story because it's like, yeah, basically it ends with them, uh, with uh, Crichton deciding not to propose to her. Yeah. Because like they decide that like, and she's still, oh, I love you. And they even talk, but they even talk about uh, spending some time apart. So it's all a little bit weird. Yeah. Like I'm inclined to think that this is a, this is actually a a flashback to like a moment that uh, um, he really enjoyed and then really rather regrets because she chose her career over their, over their relationship. I mean, so did he, frankly. I mean, yeah, it's just that she had to move away and uh, yeah, I mean, he could have made the same choice and go with her, but yeah. Clearly, their paths were being pulled apart. I think it is uh, not really a flashback, as in in the uh, in the movie sense of being a flashback. Right. I mean, it is a flashback, but it is actually a dream. I think because after the opening credits, yes, we see uh, Crichton stumbling through the corridors, and this is actually the first time I expected Woody in the uh, uh, episode after the uh, after <laughs> yeah. having a dream like that because he know? tumbles out of bed when the when the ship is shaken and. Yeah, he's got his uh, he's got his white boxers. Yeah, some tight clients, as we later learn. <laughs> yeah, uh, he does look good stumbling around. Yeah, he gets basically shaken out of bed because it seems that Moya has initiated starburst. Yes, and we get to see what it looks like from the inside. You actually get a view outside of the outside of the port. Oh yes, and it's this it's this fantastic uh, sort of aqua blue screensaver. Uh, that I'm, I'm really not sure how to interpret, but like I, being a nerd, looked up what uh, 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 what Starburst is, yeah. uh, and I think I shared it with you. Where it's a conversion of a three dimensional object into one dimensional space, so right. it can travel essentially frictionlessly with the the inertia that it already had. Yeah, uh, and apparently, this is what it looks like from the inside. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Uh, and actually, I noticed one other thing that Brigel seems to be a little bit more green than purple here. I don't know if they have a new puppet or if they just like touched up his makeup or something like that but he seems he seems a little bit more green than the purplish gray that he seemed to have been so far well i've noticed that the uh, the lighting on moya varies from episode to right. episode that including makes sense. Uh, yeah. uh, color temperature which can affect uh, uh, how things how yes, things appear very much so you notice that zan has gotten more blue compared to like in earlier episodes she'd sometimes have a a bit of a purple sheen or sometimes grayish right. depending on what kind of light she was yeah. under that makes sense. I mean, I'm sure that they're still using the same kind of makeup, at least, or at least trying to make it as consistent as possible. Right. 
Uh, I mean, I'm seeing even in this shot where we see uh, uh, Rigel and behind them out of focus is Dargo and Crichton standing over the, the Ouija board. They look like way too pink, way pinker than they, than oh, they normally look. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. So uh, it might, so might, might just be a, a white balance issue. Yeah. So, uh, but it's also, but it's also not unusual for uh, uh, like Rigel was constantly being updated. Like he was a two hundred million dollar puppet. Oh wow! Uh, well, I don't know if it's actually uh, two hundred million dollars, but it might not, as well be. Yeah. Certainly, like uh, Anthony Simco liked to like to joke that he was definitely more expensive than all of our lives put together. So, oh. like the insurance would always prioritize. Right. So know, th- if there was an explosion, then ask, is Rigel okay? Yeah, they made more. They, they spent more money on the puppet than they did on the voice actor, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is always like I can imagine that's a little bit galling as an voice oh, actor. Yeah. I think you go like, "Yeah, the puppet gets more money than I do." But uh, I guess that's kind of true for uh, probably CGI most voice actors. Yeah, or anime. Generally speaking, saying yes. it out loud. So yes, everybody seems to have been having horny dreams, except yes. for Erin, uh, who just like flat flat out denies that she ever does that sort of thing. I slept soundly. Well, no, yeah. hold on. She, she says I slept soundly, and and Zan is the one who was kind of snippy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I like how everyone's on the bridge in their underwear now. Right. And also Erin challenging uh, uh, the ownership of uh, uh, <laughs> Cretton's underwear. because White boxers as well. And she's like, hey, you're wearing my underwear? That's my underwear. What does this say? Calvin. Then they're not yours. Because you're not Calvin. <laughs> it's <laughs> not like- yours then. <laughs> but what a, what a weird leap of logic. Like... She clearly stole his underpants. She's got to know. She's just blatantly Nobody, denying it, yes. He's wearing the exact same ones. <laughs> then again, how many pairs of underwear would you bring on a space mission? Um, I mean, definitely three, right? Well, this brings us back to the discussion we had at the first episode, whether or not, like, how he ended up in that uh, uh, shuttle thing. Yeah. And depending on how many, um, how long he was going to spend up there and if he was actually going to transition into the proper shuttle and not just his little uh, 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 yes. uh, Starfinder thing. Uh, <laughs> his module. Module, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, and I know, I believe that, I read about this sometime. I, th- I think mm-hmm. that the, um, whatchamacallit, the quota for uh, fresh underwear and clothes is uh, like fresh underwear every other day or every right. few days and, f- and fresh shorts and shirts once a week, I believe, for uh, a space station crew. Yeah, that makes sense for a, like a temperature-controlled environment where yeah. nobody's going to sweat. Well, I mean, they're 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 doing the exercise on the exercise machines, but I assume they have like uh, exercise yeah, you got your jimmies for that. Yeah, exactly. You use the old underwear for that. It's like <laughs> yeah, and then you give yourself a wee wipe because they don't they shower. Still don't no have shower. showers. No, they had showers on the uh, on Skylab. They had some oh. experimental showers there. Which was basically, yeah, a, a big plastic tube with water coming in on one side and suction in the other side to get it out again. So they did experiments with that, uh-huh. but uh, that it was never, it was never, it was deemed to be too complicated and too wasteful for water and too much potential for water all over the place. Yeah, so, and yeah. very unsafe. It says it's unsafe and it could. It could kill me, Zan. I know. Oh, you may. Uh, as soon as the suction stops, it becomes very dangerous because you might, might as well choke and drown. Yeah. As almost happened to a, uh, I believe it was an Italian astronaut who had a leakage oh of his coolant system and his helmet was basically flooding with water. And the oh, problem wow. was it just clinging to his face. And yeah, they had to like uh, abort the spacewalk and his buddy had to like drag him back into the airlock to get him out of there before. Uh, yeah, because even yep. just a few droplets in your in your lungs will seriously ruin your day. Yeah, totally. And you don't want a coughing fit when you're uh, like in a spacesuit like, on the outside of the space station. But 
Uh, yeah. Let's get back to the matter at hand. Well, it's actually quite some uh, uh, some space stuff because we find out uh, a pilot is very apologetic uh, and says that Moya initiated Starburst on her, her own. own. Because she received what she thought was a distress signal from another pregnant Leviathan. Yes. Uh, this is immediately dispelled, of course, because there's an incoming transmission in which a an, another Delvian yes. apologizes. I once one says she doesn't seem particularly contrite, but at least she apologizes for uh, deceiving them and sending out a fake distress signal. I apologize for the deceit, but there was no other way our signal could reach across the void. So mm. apparently, like... They knew about Zan and knew about her yes. being on a Leviathan, but not where she was. Yes, I was wondering about that as well. I mean, I was wondering about a, little, a few other things, how they knew those as well during the episode. Yeah, like this part, I can't really fully... Like, how would they have known that Moya was pregnant, which is right. not known outside of Moya? No, you'd think so, no. Maybe they can, like... Okay, but okay, there seems to be a lot of mind-reading involved with Delvians, and, so, and also mind-projection, so I'm thinking it might have been... They might have, like pluck that out of Zahn's mind or something. Yeah, because what we have is a, a, a satellite sect of uh, Delvians yes. who have migrated off of their home planet, which is in the throes of a, a, a coup d'etat, mm. um, to perform the Delvian seek, which is their religious process, but at, under the leadership of Tuzak, who has gone insane, like, there's a... We learn a lot about Delvian culture yes. in this one. So, so she's referred to as Pa'u Zolta Zahn, I believe. And we so want to meet you. Pa'u Zotazan. Yes, that's our uh, that's our Zan. But Pa'u is a title, I believe? Yes, it means priest. It means priest. Okay, so that makes sense why everybody else was called Pa'u as well. Uh, I noticed also that uh, everyone was in their underwear. Zan has a sort of towel wrapped around her from, yeah. the, uh, uh, from the armpits down. Uh, an unusual color for her. This is this is more uh, this is more teal. Yeah. Uh, it sort of makes her look more more purple in comparison. It does, yes. I did notice that she's wearing all her rings. No, maybe she doesn't take those off. Yeah, apparently. I mean, I don't take my ring off. I mean, I'd only have one, but... Uh. Um, so, after the credits, we are already on the planet where they have this big keyhole ship or whatever you want to call it. Uh, turns, I, th- I thought it was a building at first, but no, it yes. turns out to be their ship. Yeah. Uh, so they Arc, just... Arc de Triomphe shaped, but several sizes larger. It's huge. And even that is just the outside because, uh, um, uh, as, they, as they mentioned, um, with these missionary craft, upon landing, they liquefy the rock and bury the ship. Yes. In the in the surface of the planet, uh, there's even a cool little exchange where where Aaron like praises that, that tactical decision. It's clever. Decreases the likelihood of an enemy being able to spot you from space. Talin, I think she's called, observes that it's interesting how different cultures see something very different in the same. Yeah, uh, like they see isolation for piety, and you see a strategic advantage. Uh, they have a little run-in with a uh, an, another Delvian who seems to be wandering around the shrubberies with his uh, trident. Actually, they don't have a run-in with him. He just like he just observes them a little bit, and he's standing there with his trident and watching them go. Yeah, he's got his sort of raking fork, and he's and he's skulking around uh, this orchard of barren trees with no leaves, like. Zero stealth. And also, those are not gardening clothes, dude. They get invited into the ship where they are uh, uh, told to make use of the uh, supplies that they have. And please be greedy. I love that. Right? That's such a lovely invitation. The more you take, the more we'll grow back to replace it. And uh, Cretan doing a very good part of doing my job, as in naming the uh, weird creatures. He, he called, what, what did he call it? I dubbed the Triggerpod. 
trigopod, which apparently looks a bit like a squid and a cephalopod and tastes like cucumber or something. Yep, it's a it's a squid calamari cucumber. It's part animal, part plant. It just sort of floats around serenely and you just Take Snap it, it out. out of the water, the rose petal covered water. Ah, yeah, more of that symbolism, by the way. There's a, there's a. You've said red versus blue before. Oh yeah, uh, yes. regarding Zan, and that's kind of there's there's some color symbolism here because there the, is the, the the dream was all in red, right? For, and, uh, and we get the red eyes later on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, what's a theosophy again? Is that a, like a, a ruled by a, a religious class caste? Um, I think you're meaning theocracy, but the word that Aaron uses... Amazes me how people mistake theosophy for superiority. Theosophy for uh, uh, knowledge of God, I think I want to say. Sophos is knowledge or wisdom. Yes. uh, As in philosophy is love of knowledge. So theosophy is... Knowledge of God. Makes sense. Theos, religion, deities. Yeah, it seems to make sense. Zan has meanwhile taken Tarlene aside, and there's yeah. uh, there's there's more of that snippiness. Now, I really really enjoyed the different uh, uh, designs for the costumes and the makeup that the, yes. that the various Delvians had. Like Tarlene, she has uh, more gold flecks on her face, much more that, pronounced. So yes, uh, that may be uh, they, makeup. They look much more stuck on than uh, Zan's golden hues uh, and like. Yeah, she is. Yeah, Zan has those like Spots. golden rim. No, yeah. it's it's more like golden ringed. Pale spots, I believe, that uh, Zan's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Versus Tarlene's actual gold leaf. I mean, it may just be stuck on, because she's got a lot more gold in her costume yeah, as well. it looks like that. And they have a little discussion about... Um, well, a little hushed discussion about why she was brought here and how she marvels at Zan being able to be both pious and enraged at the same time and how she yeah. can make, get those to coexist. And that's, again, at this point, I'm, again, like, going, like, how does she know about that? Yeah. It's like, are they, and, and that brings me back to the whole mind reading part and like figuring out how and where they are and how they could get that message across. Interesting. Now, this part may actually be like just history for them because uh, uh, as Zan has claimed that she was, uh, she was the leading anarchist. Right, that's true. Yes. And as we find out, she killed uh, their planet's uh, 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 tyrant. Right. Uh, so she would be famous for that, I suppose. Certainly among uh, yes, that makes uh, sense. a splinter group like right. these uh, uh, but, two but, but, but the idea is that she's able to, like, she, uh, she's asked, like, how can she do that and not be insane? I have no secret, darling. I am just me. All that hatred and anger. You should be insane. I was insane. I don't know how I survived those early cycles. But you did. So how does the pious sand coexist with all that rage? Killing this tyrant was the crime that she was uh, jailed for. Yes. And, uh, I mean, they would not know what her mental state was after that because she's been on Moya or on other prison planets. I mean, there's a mention of a prison asteroid at some point. Yes, I spent three cycles on a maximum labor planet. My own father was sent to an asteroid camp. He may still be there for all I know. Yeah, it's interesting to uh, uh, to note because I think uh, we learn a lot more about Delvian uh, physiology as well and how that uh, how that ties into their emotional states. I think you could, hmm, based on the information we get, you could hypothesize that Delvians are unable to commit murder without succumbing to madness. Yeah, like that, that makes that's, sense. Uh, yeah, right. The, 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 that seems to be what's uh, uh, what's happening to or them, at least, or at least the priests, I, I suppose. Oh, also very possible. Because we don't, we've never seen a non-religious Delvian yet, or at least not a, a religious caste Delvian yet. Right. So I'm not sure whether the uh, because it's described that Zan tapped into this darkness within her, and yeah. then she had to claw herself away. Whether that was um, so that she 
could commit murder through uh, through unity, the the psychic process that uh, that they do that is probably part of the priesthood, or just to be able to do something bad at all. Interesting question. No idea. Yeah, I don't think we have it resolved from from this one. You can go, you can go either way. But gosh, there sure was a lot of of of, of cool sort of world building in this yes. uh, in this episode. So uh, I, I do like to think that when this exchange started taking place, when uh, when Zan took Talin aside and was quite firm with her, which turned out to be about her uh, mistrusting Talin's use of deception. Yes. But I thought first of all she was going to say, "Bitch, why do you have hair? Your hair! And what happened to your hair?" <laughs> Hair, whatever. I had to shave my head for this role, and you get hair. <laughs> you get sort of flaxen. You're like one of those those little trolls from so it, from. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because like there's like there's another female Delvian there who also has hair, and several of the other male Delvians don't. So I'm like starting to wonder like what is this like a personal choice or is it just like a a subtype or maybe? Yeah, I'm curious about that as well. So the, the none of the men that we've seen have had hair except for Tuzak, who has a turban. So we don't right. know whether so he's he has like. Hair. Oh yeah, yeah, he's the one who has the. Uh, he, he reminded me a lot of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. You know, when when you first see Dracula <laughs> in his castle, he, <laughs> he's got the he, the wig with the sort of two boobs. Exactly, on his head. that's yes. the one. Yes, that's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. And Tuzak, he's got the he's got the boob okay, hat as well. They're, bl- they're blue in this case, but yeah, that's what the yeah. That's what I immediately also because he's like old wrinkly face. So that was like immediately where my mind went to when I yeah. saw that. So it may be uh, it may be that they shave. Obviously, a lot of people uh, a lot of people do that, yeah, especially um, fairly common in religious uh, circles. I mean, notice how well groomed uh, 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 Crichton is throughout this series. He's, uh, he's got his perfect little sideburns uh, oh, yeah. and Dargo's beard care regimen. So yeah, they, they yes. clearly they would clearly be able. I to mean, do that. it's like yeah, Moya has uh, extensive hair care facilities. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we have another kind of useless. Flashback scene to uh, from Crichton, like when he's at the beach in his youth, when he's uh, like yeah. fishing out the, uh, the the pods, and there's like a little, there's a little exchange between Zan and what was her name again? Talene. Talene, uh, and apparently like she manages to change that memory of him. I, yeah. I guess that's the point of this scene that they're just like establishing the fact that they can do this. Yeah, apparently that's not a uh, that's not a skill that they can they can normally do. Uh, and at the start, uh, John was very comfortable with uh, with the water, uh, uh, having this flashback to childhood yeah. memory, playing along the uh, the rocks by the by the water. And then the memory was changed so that he fell in, and suddenly he's afraid of the water. Yeah, and he moves away from uh, fishing for cucumbers. And Erin uh, uh, immediately grabs her pulse rifle and goes, "What? What? What?" Like she's yeah, got his she's, back. I like yeah, that. she's totally back into. Uh, the, there was a few nice moments where where they had good rapport again. It's like uh, they seem to be doing well together. Honestly, this whole exchange, while uh, while not very important between John and Erin, like. We've had this before, where she sort of uh, uh, dismisses his wide-eyed marveling. Check it out at yeah. the at the universe, and he actually bites back. He says, "No, like almost everything we see, almost every day, is brand new to both of us. It's worthy of response." Uh, uh, and she says, "Oh wow, incredible! So so special." And he's like, "No, no, that's that's uh, uh, you dismiss it so so easily, whereas it's wondrous, and it yeah, you should marvel at it." I mean, I guess. Erin is more accustomed to being being marvelled and seeing things that she doesn't know uh, than uh, Crichton is. Yeah, I think she's also like trained to dismiss it. Right, they're very xenophobic. It's, it's, yeah, the peacekeepers. Yeah, no, very true. 
Because, as you know, Peacekeeper High Command has very clear parameters regarding contact with unclassified alien life forms. You may have very well exceeded those parameters, officers, soon, which no, would make sir, you I... irreversibly contaminated. No, sir, I... Take them away. Take them all away. We have a little fun scene with uh, Crichton st uh, staring into the funhouse mirrors at the temple. Oh, that was so upsetting. He's got the big jaw mm -hmm. and the... Can we talk about this temple, by the way? Wow, it was so gorgeous. It was very well. I mean, they, they did go a little bit overboard with the burning water uh, imagery. and They the, like the water features. Yes, yeah. they do. I mean, uh, there's nothing nothing wrong with a water party. This whole temple, uh, uh, like, it's it has so many facets. But I think in the end, you realize it's like it's just the pool and some, and some side rooms, all of which have, like, circular doorways. Yeah. And, uh, uh, like, it's, it's, it's sort of a blend between a spa and a Chinese restaurant. I got the vibe. I see what you mean, yeah, with the round doors and the... Uh, yeah, right? And the, and the, and the sort of uh, Buddhist yeah. iconography. Right. They had all these, these circular patterns that reminded me of uh, uh, show symbols, the, uh, the longevity symbol that you oh, see yeah. a lot on... Uh, yeah. uh, stylized in a circle like that as well. Yeah. So meanwhile, there's on Moya, there's a little scene between Tentacles and Earbrows, uh, <laughs> yeah. who are both not very much in this episode. So like, especially Dargo has almost no part in this entire episode. Uh, no, no, nor does uh, does Rigel. He does. Rigel's all about the food again. He doesn't care. It's like, get the food, get the food, get the food. Any word? Erling Crichton, I've close to a 40-day supply of fresh food on the transport already. Excellent. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much all that he's all about. <laughs> a 40-day supply of fresh food, which yeah. seems like such a luxury. Luxury. Uh, I do have to say, like, Rigel gets a few choice lines this uh, uh, this episode. Oh, yes. Uh, beginning with, I like my wife's pregnant and my ship's cold to the touch. Which Because it keeps his wow. feet warm or something like that. No I, idea how yeah. that is the case. Also, you're aquatic. Do you want to be warm? Um, uh, he even gets a little uh, uh, high five or high three in his case from Crichton from wives, plural, big fella. <laughs> yes. I mean, he is the domino of the uh, six billion, 60 billion people. 60, oh, One day you'll get the number right. No, that's yeah. fine. We'll just do the number will vary with, uh, because I think, yeah, I still think he's full of shit. Yeah, it's well possible. And he has my, what became my favorite disc. Hail Prince of the Obvious. Hail Prince of the Obvious. <laughs> wow. It's better than Captain Obvious, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, back in the temple, Crichton gets told off by the old dude uh, not to touch the root, the, the, what is it called again? The root of Sanctity the sanctity root. root, that's the one. Do not touch the sanctity root. Yeah, it's this gnarled bit of wood that sort of integrates with the, uh, with the, the ship, it yeah. seems. And he's kind of like just looking at it, and this dude slinks up to him and goes like, don't touch it. Because it's, uh, it it's poison you. to yeah. your touch. There's a really interesting exchange, because Tuzak, which we find out is this, uh, is this gentleman's name, mm -hmm. says, I am insane, you know. Yeah, that would have been my next guess. And Crichton's like, no, cool, I got that. I'm down no. with that. He's like, thanks for the heads up. Uh, and and tells him that not everything is uh, uh, is right there. He he recognizes Crichton as a peacekeeper, uh, Aaron as well. But he says that one of the crew is in uh, one of their traveling companions is in danger, and it's not yours, it's mine. Yes. So not Aaron, it's Zan. Yeah. Which leads to an exchange between uh, Crichton, Zahn, and uh, the other uh, Delvian. Uh, basically, uh, Crichton demanding to find out what's going on. Uh, yeah. Doing another fairly good bit of diplomacy, I would say. Uh, like, okay, show him then. And she's like, oh, I mean, we can't even, like, his mind is not even capable of a level one or something like that. Yeah, they're, very, they're very sort of... And, and she's like, no, he can handle it. 
she has a lot of confidence. Zan has a lot of confidence yeah. in, uh, in Crichton. She calls him the most clever on the, on the ship at one point. Oh. You were always the most clever one on Moya. Um, and this is specific because she wants his judgment. Yeah. Uh, she realizes that she's confused and compromised and she has a decision to make. And she asks Crichton because she wants him to, to advise her what, yeah. what to do. I love this. I think it's such a such a wise thing, and it took me such a long time to learn um, that when you're unsure what to do, ask someone. Yeah, and that makes trust sense. them. Especially, well, especially if you already trust the person beforehand, then yes. Yeah, because most of the time when you when you ask someone, you kind of just want to hear the answer coming out of somebody else's mouth, so you can right. figure out how yeah. you feel about it. But that's not what she's doing. She really wants his insight, and she'll trust it. Mm. Uh, and she shows him something really rather uh, uh, horrific because uh, what we see is an intimate encounter between her and a male uh, bald Delvian. Oh, who has a beautiful skull. I noticed that. It's like, his, like an right. amazingly shaped skull. Fantastic brow ridge. Like yes. A very, very confident. He's got a good thick neck on him too. And very attractive uh, Yeah, man. they're doing the, mind, the, the, the Delvian mind meld. What is that? Unity. Uh, yeah, the the foreheads pushed together. Unity is what it's called. Yes, Delvian mind meld. Unity. Delve meld. Unity. Delve meld. Del- oh god. Mind delve. Delve orbs. Oh. No wait. <laughs> Unity. I mean, in in a scene that's all blue. Da ba di da ba da. Oh, it's, it is a rhapsody in blue. So <laughs> that's right. Oh wait, that's Gershwin, isn't it? It is. I don't know actually. I don't actually know how it goes, but it is Gershwin. Oh, it's one of my my favorite pieces. It was it, like the American sound began with uh, with that, and just like imagine hearing that for the first time. This was this was at a time where it was either like five minutes more or how much it's that dog in the window, and this brand new sound of. Uh, I mean, it was it was immigrant and minority mm-hmm. uh, uh, musicians. Like um, nobody would really uh, 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 black musicians wouldn't get a lot of positions in no. uh, in big band orchestras. But Jewish people were also like struggling for for a yes. position in the in society. So you've True. got this blend of klezmer and blues and oh, fantastic! Mm. Yeah, so she ends up murdering him. And so this is <laughs> yes. apparently the- <laughs> segue there. You're yeah. Right. Well, I mean. <laughs> So, yeah, ends up killing him. So this is apparently the thing that she has done, the the crime that she's been jailed for, and the ability that uh, she's now sought after for. Yes, she murdered the uh, uh, the tyrant of their of their planet. Um, a bit of a complicated situation. She was studying with him. She became his lover. He was the uh, uh, the the leader of their uh, their planet, their religious leader. Not entirely yeah. clear. Bittar was our spiritual counselor, John. He was a very powerful man. I was studying with him at the time, and things just took their course. Um, but then inst- when his tenure was up, instead of stepping aside, he brought in the peacekeepers to uh, get rid of liberals. And, uh, yes. uh, yeah, and uh, he and the other conservative priests um, uh, turned Delvia into an overnight theocracy. Yes. Uh, with the peacekeepers as their, as their uh, uh, enforcers. Yes, and Zan, being the lead anarchist, decided to put a stop to it and yeah. kill him. And, well, we don't really know what has happened. We don't know, right? Although, I mean, the fact that these folks are here now and they seem to be more refugees than, you know... That was uh, my feeling as well. 
They're a, they're a, they're a splinter sect. Like they 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 stole or they already had a, a spacecraft. And yes. they went to, I mean, they're in the uncharted territories. Yeah. Well, we don't know where Delvia is. Well, presumably not in Neither the uncharted ter- ter- territories. Yes, yeah, true. They don't have any star charts either, nor do they have any any interest because there 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 is one point mentioned. Like Crichton mentions that all of these people could come along on Moya. Yeah. Like and they have like, oh no, we're not here for that. We're here for purpose. Well, spiritual uh, enlightenment yes. and like developing their abilities, which is what Talene wants from from Zan, and that, as you say, is the is the challenge. Like she has to figure out: Am I going to give it to them? Yes. Can I? Can I do it? Would do I want to do it? And uh, Talene realizes that uh, uh, that Zan is still um, uh, in two uh, minds about that. And that she's being, uh, that she's leading on her crew. So she talks to two of her acolytes, and that's Lorana, and I never got the other one's name. Mm. Uh, he he sort of looks more fish-like. He's got all these like light highlights right. on his on his face uh, and dark lips. It reminded me a little bit of the younger version of uh, what's the guy, the, the the eunuch from Game of Thrones. Oh, the spider, the spider. Yeah, that's like, yeah. He, he kind of like a younger version of that, and slightly slimmer too, but. I see what you mean. He has the yeah. He has the 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 the, the pronounced but thin eyebrows. He has yeah. a sort of suspicious look. I mean, we Fairly first met him lips. when he's uh, when he's bullying Aaron. You are forbidden in this sanctuary. I was just looking for the you meditation. You also carry room. a prohibited weapon. I appreciate your rules, but I'm not allowed the to go anywhere. Please keep a lie. I have been driven from my homeland by your kind. I will not be driven from here. Also, it is you who must go. Uh, he has an exchange with uh, with the other acolyte. Now, her name I did get, Lorana. I had a hard time telling her and Talene apart. Yes, they were both like uh, the beehive hair. Well, not quite beehive, but like, you know, Sensational high hair. Sensational yes. hair, yeah. Eventually, I figured it out that... Uh, um, uh, Talene has lots of gold on her forehead. It's actually not that hard to tell apart. Oh, but, yes. And they're instructed to distract the uh, uh, the crew as you would children. Which immediately happens with a another little... It's not even a flashback. It's just like Crichton running into his ex-girlfriend, who now has always been with them. Are you now or have you always been... With us on uh, Moya. So, and in, implanting some fake memories about her joining the Space Corps and them flying together as astronauts. And apparently flying together on the, uh, on the module. So it was a two-seater to begin with. Yeah. Or at least... You know, if you're messing with someone's memories, then it might... Oh, like, fair enough, yeah. yeah. Uh, She's wearing a grey shirt, black pants. Do you notice he's got black pants as well? Uh, yes. I mean, He must have brought several changes of clothes. Or he for might this. have just, like, gone into Dargo's uh, pants and, like, resized them. I mean, Do you think Dargo would have worn black BDUs? Dargo has his black pyjamas, and, you know, he might be able to, like, convert them in some way or the other. Let's find out if anywhere else in the universe has cargo pants. Okay. Or whether I mean, that's just a it, it pure human... I mean, the, the only reason that people uh, rag about uh, cargo pants is because women are jealous about the amount of pockets that they have, whereas dresses oh. don't tend to have pockets. <laughs> Uh, a, a design feature that uh, uh, that should hopefully be corrected as soon as as soon as possible. Uh, so this illusion is being projected by uh, uh, by those two by those two yes. acolytes who are standing around with their they're doing the Delvian eye roll right and doing the chanting, which is interesting because like there's always been a little bit of background chanting music in the ah, whole temple, up, but it yeah. pi- but it picks up uh, immensely during the scenes when there's like uh, flashbacks and heads are being messed with, and the uh, the, the, yeah. the, the, the the background chanting becomes much more pronounced. In the in the soundtrack, the the chanting is also uh, like I, I, I listen to the words. It's a prayer that Zan has said before, and okay. I don't know whether those lines were written for her or whether she just invented Delvian. Oh, okay, no idea. Yeah. And Kahlen is their is their deity. Okay, 
But as a consequence, not only is Crichton seeing uh, uh, seeing Alex and these flashbacks that are sort of filmed MTV style, mm-hmm. with them sort of jockeying about at, at, at IASA in front yeah. of the in front of the module, um, but Aaron just drops her rifle as she and Dargo are are heading back down, resolved to uh, 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 to liberate their compatriots. And to her, it seems as if the weapon is fallen apart into various pieces. My pulse rifle just fell apart. Yeah, which and she just sort of stands there helplessly, like it's broken. Yeah, and Dargo goes over, seeing that it's just perfectly fine, it holds it up yeah. like it's fine. But through her eyes, he's just holding up a, a piece, one part of it. Yeah, and Dargo seems to catch on that something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Yes, I agree. But then he immediately gets distracted by a vision of his son, Jothy, being yeah. uh, being snatched away by a peacekeeper. Yeah, um, he does respond sort of rationally, like he he. he he immediately uh, grabs his rifle and says, Peacekeeper on board. Daddy! Help me! Peacekeepers! Pilot! Steal all the excess! There are peacekeepers on board! He's sort of halfway into believing that Jothi is there, but he's mostly focused on there's yeah, a peacekeeper I mean, on board. Later we see that, that he's, he'll be, he'll, he's just searching for Jothi and he's like trying to coax, oh, him, yeah. coax the boy out as if he's hiding rather than that he's being kidnapped. But yeah, it's like he, at first he seems to feel that something's wrong, but yes, once that starts happening, he's immediately focused on Jothi. Rigel, for some reason, has has a uh, yes. small man complex going on, which is magnified, and he, he shrinks down <laughs> to it. Magnified is the word. And uh, shrinks down to tiny Rigel. I yeah. don't know. It's like, yeah. We really don't see anything of it later, except that he gets complained that he got stepped on by someone. Um, it's it's interesting how these uh, um, uh, how the acolytes sort of exploited the fears and uncertainties of our crew. Like, uh, Dargo, obviously, the loss of his son. Cool. Rigel, yep. interesting that he's concerned about being small. Yes. And Aaron, really interesting that she's concerned about, like, being dumb, I guess. I just, um, I, I can't figure out how these controls work. She's she's struggling to operate right. controls. She's she doesn't know how like, yeah, work. I, like, I can't fix my weapon. I can't operate these controls. It's, uh, yeah, basically Maybe playing on her insecurities, I suppose. Which I didn't really know that she that she had. Like, no. uh, we've seen her being dismissive of uh, uh, scientific instrumentation right. because that's for techs. Yeah. But she's got a bit of tech envy, I think. I suppose, yeah. So Zahn acquiesces to the request made of her and decides to share her knowledge. Yes, because the other Moyans have been uh, suitably distracted. Moyans? They're on Moya. Oh, right. Oh, sorry, yes, those Moyans. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the Delphians. Never mind, sorry. You're right. Um, uh, yeah, the rest of her crew are not there to to uh, rescue her or to convince her otherwise. So, yeah, she uh, she acquiesces. So they do another Delphian mind melt, which I thought was shot beautifully. It was so good. Like, the, so they've got the, the, the two people filmed from the side and their, their silhouettes sort of blend together as if they have share one head. Yes, it's like from it's the... so cool. The origin of love to... People sharing one giant head, <laughs> so they could look all around them while they talked out their red. What on earth is that? It's from uh, it's from a song called "The Origin of Love." It's from uh, oh. ha- uh, Hagrid. No, not Hagrid. And the Angry Inch. It's Hedwig. Like, Hedwig. 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 <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hagrid and the Angry Inch. I hereby claim copyright. Yeah, TM, TM, TM. And it's such a it's such a cool effect when they when they initiate uh, uh, unity. Like they hold oh. each other's head and put their foreheads together, and then the background seems to sort of fall away, like it's yes. like it's breaking apart and light shining through. So it's, uh, I really admired how they 
how they shot things like that in it. Because like uh, an episode with, with with a lot of mind stuff happening is always weird to yeah. f- shoot because there's nothing physical happening. So you have to have some sort of visual representation of what's going on. And I thought they did that really well here. Yeah, because a, a lot of times... Uh, uh, some wee-oo-wee-oo-wee-oo sounds and a little bit of wobbly screen and that like they didn't go that route at all. Yeah, or just like pretending that there's a there's a, there's a real space in the mind and yes. you know, having a, a black space that you walk around or... Oh, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a metaphorical space, but like that wasn't used here either, and it was, it was, it was really like a, a, a cool visual representation of what this experience must be like of just sharing yes. a mind with someone else and so blending Z- into each other. So Zahn shares, but apparently that is not enough, and in fact she has the knowledge r- literally ripped from her mind. I suppose. What are you doing, darling? Uh, I'm sorry, Zan. But what you have achieved will take me too long to muster on my own. You betrayed me. And not yeah. just from her mind, because, I mean, this seems to be an odd situation where, like, sharing knowledge does not increase knowledge. It's more like it's stolen from her rather than that it's shared yeah. by her. Uh, it seems to be ripped out of uh, uh, out of Zan, as if maybe, hmm, maybe it's not knowledge, per se. Maybe it's a... Uh, it's a a neurological architecture, I like suppose. maybe it's yeah. something something almost biological that well, has it, to be broken down in order for it to be built up. Somewhere it seems else. so because, like, once she's done, her eyes are red. Yes, uh, uh, when Crichton remarks on that, she says it's tissue bile migrating to her brain. Right, which yeah. is, it sounds a bit like techno babble, but you know, yeah, made up condition. Bio babble. Yeah, bio. No, that works. <laughs> uh, and yeah, at this point, like Crichton is really the only one who seems to be holding it together. I mean, his girlfriend shows up again, but even then, he he keeps his uh, eyes on the prize. He keeps working in the mission, yeah. Even though he gets guilted into choosing between Zahn and his uh, his girlfriend and Alex. Yeah, that yeah. was a bit of a weird move there. Then honor your vow, or choose Zahn over me and take the ring. I mean, it's, it's it seems to make sense. It's an e- it's an easy in for someone who's trying to manipulate your mind. So that's uh, yeah, yeah, and and it's still like they're they're being manipulated in order to keep them uh, uh, to keep them distracted. Yes, and um, oh yeah, and we get a beautiful scene where uh, the, the the mind manipulation is very blatantly happening, and each time he counters like, "Oh, we never did that. Yeah, I never gave you that ring." And yes. she goes like, yeah. "Didn't you?" And then he immediately <laughs> gets a, a little flashback, yeah. and he goes, "No, no, and, I and, didn't mean that. I uh, oh." Hmm. And then you'd be married, like, "I never married you, didn't we?" And then there's like a, suddenly a memory of it, them getting married in, uh, forced into into his head. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners at home are missing out on these wonderful facial expressions you're making. <laughs> Such a shame that this is only an audio <laughs> medium. Yes, but again, that's. I, I thought that was really well done. It's like they make, the 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 producers make it really obvious when such a thing is happening, and they do it yeah. in, a, in a very well. The change of lighting, there's like everything everything in those forced memories is very stark, brightly lit. You know, even the scenes That's in bed right. and the, the the wedding scene and all that. Those are it's it's very brightly lit shot, basically in the same way that the uh, the first shots on Earth are done in the first episode, and not all yeah. the all, not all the moody lighting that you always have on Moya very or good. whatever yeah. the, whatever the lighting setting of Planet X is. Yeah, they wear light clothes. They've got white walls, uh, yeah. which are very rare features in uh, uh, in the rest of the Farscape universe. Interesting. Uh, uh, bringing that back with uh, uh, with Alex, and uh, as you're saying, like the visualization of what's uh, what's happening is real credit to the director Andrew Prowse, who also did well. He did the 
pilot episode. He did 109 with uh, DNA Mad Scientist with, oh, uh, yes. with Namtar. So he has some experience in, in visualizing tricky concepts. Yes, very much so. And I thought that was done really well, that they, they, they made it an interesting episode about, you know, mental stuff, mind-melding, uh, implanting memories, and it did it in a very accessible way, I suppose, that you're not sitting there, what's going yeah. on. And, uh, and still all, exciting as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and visually entertaining. Because, uh, I mean, it's not an action-heavy episode like no, last time where you all. had the, uh, the, the the chases and the, and the, I mean, the gunfights. There's, there's two murders, but they're all just like, put put your hands on someone's head and the people die thing. There's no... Yeah, and it, like everything is just people in a room talking with each other, but they're always yeah. interesting rooms and interesting, interesting people. Yeah. Uh, I imagine most of the budget for this episode went to obviously building the set, which was great, <laughs> and makeup, and makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it was quite shocking for the uh, the makeup crew to discover. Okay, uh, so do you know how you how you spend three hours on Zan every day? Yeah. Now do eight. Oof, yeah. Do eight of those. Go on, go on, go on. You can do it. <laughs> so next, we learn that Boob Hats is uh, the uh, father <laughs> of uh, the our little mind stealing lady. Yeah, uh, he accuses her of, uh, 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 of 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 being too greedy and going too far. This is also where we learn that she is not the leader of this group as she's been presenting herself. No. Or well, yes, he she is, is but now he's quite mad. Yes, uh, but, but he was here. the uh, uh, he was the teacher that they all that they all followed. Yes, fun, interesting shades of blue here. By the way, his his outfit almost seems more purple. Hers seems more uh, teal or or green. I mean, is it, is, is it gold and white or is it blue and black? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what color are the vestments? Yes, uh, uh, because did you notice uh, uh, Zan has another new outfit? Right. Well, hang on. You're missing the fact that for his troubles, she murders her father. Oh yeah, I know. She, she murders yeah. her father, but no, no is, I know she just murders her father a little bit. But Zan has a new outfit. Yes. Come on, focus on the important. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's like she's now wearing the full vestments of the uh, of the order, the, uh, the 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 Pau, I believe. Uh, yeah, she's got a she's got a lovely blue gown. She's um, got a fantastic like uh, shoulder piece in gold. Yes, and uh, Crichton's having a bit of a discussion with her, and only after. Uh, Crichton leaves the room. We learn that, like the, the the couch that she's been lounging on, is the dead body of the previous leader. Yes, <laughs> which is a little bit like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's he's he's covered in rose petals as well, red red versus blue again, yep. and she's just sort of leaning back against him. I guess. Well, she gave that advice to Rigel as well. When you're feeling anxious, go find a corpse. Find his corpse. It will set you free. Do wee wee on it, or in her case, like just throw some some rose petals on it. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I like someone who can take their own advice. Yeah, I mean, whatever works for you. When I in suppose. doubt, yeah. find a corpse. That's that's Zan's I'm wisdom. I'm not going to go with that, but fair enough. Well, yeah. we don't have to because we're not we're not no. Zan. After leaving Zan, Crichton wanders through the temple and he comes across Alex again, who then now starts to go into a confession to him. She like. Saying, yeah. like, I'm not real. She shows her true self uh, being the, one of the other acolytes. Now, it was interesting when she when she shows up, uh, she's she's wearing a dress, she's barefoot, uh, she's not, like, wearing the... Uh, it's, a bit, uh, it's almost like the wedding dress. Yeah. Uh, and, she, and she tells Crichton that she's not really here. I'm not here, John. I've never been. Uh, drops her, drops her disguise, and yeah, it's the uh, it's Lorana, Lonara. Yeah, which I thought actually was interesting because I thought the, the the previous scenes were just in their mind, just like the the gun with Aaron and uh, Tentacle's yes. son. But apparently, she, no, she has actually been like at least mentally projecting herself to be. Uh, 
Alex yeah, I, rather I, I think than you're, uh, her, I think you're right herself. there. Because we see the uh, we see the male acolyte uh, doing the Delvian eye roll for the uh, yes. uh, like focusing his power like to reach out to uh, uh, to Moya, uh, but she apparently like shrouded herself. Yes. I guess. Do you also notice, by the way, the uh, uh, the short exchange between the two acolytes that um, yeah. uh, 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 she accused him of being jealous? I pity you, your jealousy. Talene and I share unity now, not you and I. Accept that and move on. Not you and I. Yes. Move on. Yes. And the the, the same male acolyte we then see contacting Moya and telling them, like, okay, yeah, uh, we've been messing with you guys. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, sorry. sorry, sorry. Our our bad. We're like, we've, yeah. Our leadership has decided to go in a direction that we can no longer support. And, um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely... distrust in the ranks there's like not not a single front anymore uh our uh, priestess who also has red eyes now by the way is losing uh, control of her flock yeah but please don't come down here and shoot everyone please let us deal with it our own so, way yes you must not invite our temple the balance is very delicate please i have restored your memories now allow us to do it our way you have two arts and then Dargo makes a really rather captainly decision, I've got to say. He says, you've got two arms. Like, he, yeah. he sort of weighs this this balance. We want our people back, and but you've got some time to figure it out yourself. He, he sort of understands the um, uh, the gesture that is being made, this this contrition. Like, yeah, you violated our minds. You apologized for it. Right. This you could have kept. You clearly, could have kept doing yeah. this. Uh, clearly, we yeah we owe you. At least we normally don't owe you, but we can give you a little bit of leeway in like taking control of things. You have like you've taken steps to to start changing things, and look, we'll give you a little bit more time to uh, to continue that. And after that, we're going to come to get our guys if they're not uh, yeah uh, if they're not back. Kind of cool for for Dargo to yeah. explore options other than direct conflict to to try and avoid that. Zahn wanders over to go find Crichton, who's looks who's standing there looking like he's taking a piss on the sanctity route. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's got he's got a, a lot of cool stances in his in his black beard. You notice that? Yes, yeah. Like these these wide-legged stances, very confident. Even when he's just walking around the temple, he's got this cool swagger. Yes, I mean that's his thing a little bit. I like um, it. And they basically have a little heart-to-heart again, which I'd like they had a lot of heart-to-hearts in uh, this episode between Zahn really and Crichton. It's a really talky episode. Yes, very much so. Like I like these. I like it when these characters just uh, spend time uh, uh, exploring themselves and each other together, um, which is what Crichton asks Zan to do to share unity with uh, with him, as yeah. she's seen doing. And with she, she, she's immediately dismissive yeah. about it. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. And he taxes the, the limits of his Babel bugs by, by going. going bark, 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 bark. <laughs> yes, I noticed <laughs> yeah. that. Like, did your translator microbes get that? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> And Zahn gives him a little bit of a, yeah. Well, I suppose I could try. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently the Babel bugs did get it, the message across at least. I wonder what it sounded like to her. Maybe it was just like trigger pod bubbling. I mean, we've had problems with uh, translating, uh, um, what's the word again? Um, onomatopoeia. Onomat- well, no, no, not even that. I was thinking more of uh, um, uh, uh, homonyms and uh, no. Uh, oh, similes, metaphors. And, uh, yes, that's yeah, the one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, she gives me a Woody and a Willy being yes. a very good example. Uh, exactly. And uh, yeah, they do another, like this is the third time we see a Delvian mind melt in this episode, I believe. Basically, he yeah, bullies her into uh, uh, t- uh, taking it on. 
it's it's so beautifully done. Like this time, uh, uh, I noticed that um, proportionately her head looks a little larger than his. I guess uh, uh, he has a larger head than uh, uh, than Zan has to begin with. I noticed also how they blend the ears. Mm. Like when when Talin and Zan uh, fused together, like their ears were, yeah, were just touching, but here they're, they're, they're completely they're kind, fused. They're kind of trying to go for the top of the skull and the ears, and then uh, yeah, make everything and everything else is just a little bit. Uh, faded in and out but it's very beautifully done it's yes. gorgeous uh where basically Crichton gives her the strength to deal with her past like he basically he tells her like no it's like it's not been ripped from you you had this in you you don't have to start all over again it's like you are the kind person that i have known you to be and that hasn't changed gentle giving that's you zan talim can't take that and she didn't you're still that Pau. And he asks her to to look into his mind and see what she looks like to him. Yes. Which is wow, what a what a wonderful thing that would be to be able to do for someone when they're when they're sad or insecure, to actually make them believe what they how you see them. Yes. And like be do it completely honestly and not have to like trouble with words which might always seem insincere or yeah. at least uh, contrived. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they both have a bit of a hard time afterwards. Like, I mean, this, the, the the shots that I can see here, like, almost reminds me when he was hit like by the deboner device, and like when he's like, oh. <laughs> he is a bit floppy. And they um, are, but and her eyes are f- switching from red to blue. Did yes, you they, they went back again. Yeah, she she has gotten her control back, and she is like the uh, the beautiful uh, Zan that we know. Oh. Crichton immediately gets a, a bug up his ass and uh, starts taking a axe to the uh, uh, unity route. No, wait, the the, the sanctity, the sanctity route. route. Yes, this I did not get at all. Like, no, why was this a thing? It's uh, like this whole sanctity route seems to be just like a bit of an add-on, and it's like it, it's it's it not shown like to have any a, purpose. Right, like there was maybe like a, a, a scene missing. Right. Well, there was the, the the old guy was trying to grow more sanctity roots outside in the orchard, and like <laughs> yeah. as he says. Sanctity roots don't grow on trees, no, you know? exactly. <laughs> uh, and there was also like he uh, uh, Crichton remarks on the on the root being all twisted, like their yeah. uh, their religion. But I I don't understand the significance of the because when he when he when he hacks away at it, obviously everyone's outraged. So sacred object, okay, cool. Yeah. Talin attacks him, uh, which Zan rebuffs because now she's tenth level. Yes, she, she did. She did a little level up during the mind meld. Apparently, she took something yep. from her as well, and she can now protect uh, Crichton against the mental attack. I am now a Pa'u of the 10th level, able to protect. Cool. So Pokemon evolution on, on Delvia apparently yes. is, I mean, is she, how they... She gained enough experience points and now she's like gone <laughs> yeah, up in level. gained a new ability. Yeah. Bing! Uh, he hacks through the, the Sanctity route and like th- there seems to be like some... Some system breaks down on the ship. Yeah, I, it's like a bit big glowing thing that goes up, which is—I is, don't know what it. No. what it does. Like it's probably it's probably cool, and they leave. Yep. They I don't like, understand any of this. I don't understand why they destroyed that 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 route. How that's going to affect. Uh, uh, there. I mean, Zan does talk to to Talin uh, and says that uh, uh, you'll have to you'll have to tend to your father's orchard and grow a new one. Yeah. But for what? what? I noticed there was another little uh, gesture copying again between when he when he when he says goodbye to the other acolyte, he puts his hand on the side of her face, oh, and she yeah. she mirrors that gesture again. It's kind of like the, uh, the the mind melt touch, but only with one hand. I noticed that, and another jealous look from the uh, from the male acolyte. Uh, yeah, who is like mm. <laughs> he's, he's, 
Uh, yeah, he's the he's the jealous type. He does seem to be. Uh, I like that. I like that John took the time to forgive her. It's okay, right? Because that's yes. that's basically what it was. Like yeah. you're like we're, we're cool. Yeah. Uh, Zan goes back and put, put her vestments back on the altar or something or the other. Yeah, she's back in her moss gown. Yes, and uh, uh, Crichton goes like, oh, so why are you leaving those? And she's like, oh, I'm not a priest today. Feels like a shroud. I'm no longer worthy. Uh, leaves them, uh, uh, leaves yeah. them behind and, 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 and walks off. I might be again. It was, that was a beautiful exit, by the way. Like oh, how, yeah. how she's, like, she strides down the corridor and takes a left. Such le- dignity. Ex- exit stage left. No, wait, exit stage right. It's... Uh, <laughs> which one is staged? I don't left? know. I always forget which one. Is that the one? one well, yeah. exit pursued by bear. Right. <laughs> and I did kind of expect. I, I was waiting for 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 Zan to knock her head against the door because she's she's such a tall woman and she's filmed from below. But yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that was, it was a nice ending. It's like it wasn't particularly melancholy, so they were like it wasn't exactly upbeat either. But there was, was a little bit of exchange hopeful. where she, it was, yeah, yeah. she was she had like okay, I'm, I'm I'm not a priest today. I might be again soon, but I'm not right now. I'm not. I will be a pa'u again, but I'm not today. So there was oh, and uh, Crichton then then finishes with uh, well, that seems like a like a waste of uh, seems a shame. Waste all those years of training. Hardly wasted. Not wasted at all. Nope. Was the happiest yarns of my life. <laughs> this isn't Battlestar Galactica. Well, sorry, I'm <laughs> mixing up my. Yeah. You've got this, the cycles. That's cycles, the that's right. the Farscape yarn. Ours ours was the hours, right? So yeah, I uh, I enjoyed this episode. Like I said, it was like uh, Me uh, too. It was it was a very talky episode, very low on action, but it was very well done, and I did love the cinematography of it all, and how, yeah. how all this mental stuff, the mental activities were put into uh, uh, into view. Yeah, yeah. The the it's interesting that you mentioned the cinematography. That that was one of the things that uh, uh, that occurred to me in the orchard scene between Talene and her father mm-hmm. Tuzak, uh, just before she you know murders him or whatever. But the really important thing is all the Dutch angles, all the uh, uh, the tilted angles as they're as they're walking around each other. Yes, it's, it's really ooh, it's really scary and menacing versus the the serenity and the and the sort of uplit peace. Uh, uh, because everyone's constantly lit by this by this soft rippling light, usually from below. This well, pool is of, glowing. Yeah, lots of water pools which with lights sh- uh, shining through them, uh, drapes which are lit from below as well, and of course the eternal flames on the uh, uh, in the bowls of water and in the pools. There was a lot of that going could, on. Do you think you could live in that temple ship, or would you rather live on Moya? Just Ooh. in terms of like, I guess design temple ship. Hey, uh, pros versus cons. Temple yeah. ship. Uh, food. Yes, lots of food. Lots of food. Yeah. Apparently inexhaustible food. So if you like cucumber squids. Which apparently everyone does. Oh, okay. They, they all they all absolutely adore them. Rigel is crazy for them. Even when uh, uh, when Dargo and Aaron are going are, are arming themselves yeah. to go down and take care of this. Bring more uh, food. Bring them more. Bring more of those. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't we wait until we learn more supplies? This trigger pot is mythic. Oh, you say it's got vegetables. But you know, Rigel's always about the food. He's like, a- yeah, always wants uh, always wants more. But he's particularly smitten with these delicious trigger yes. pods. You'd you'd almost think, why not? I mean, would they be able to? Make a trigger pod pool themselves. I don't know. Instead of just it depends on how they breed. I mean, apparently, the more you eat, the more they bre- they regrow. So please be greedy. The more you pick, the more that grows to replace it. Next on So Farscape, Willie or Woody? 
<laughs> yes, the, uh, uh, the 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 segment where we discuss what gave us a Woody and what gave us a Willie. I feel like I need to give that context just in case someone drops in and hears Willie or Woody and has no idea. <laughs> yes, uh, which started I think in thank God it's Friday again. I mean that's the when little, when translator, little ex- yeah. exchange between uh, Aaron and uh, Crichton. Yeah, um, so I would say my my Woody was definitely for the uh, the, the the way the. Uh, all, all, all the mental things were filmed, and like the the, the, the mental yeah. exchange, the uh, uh, the mind melds, uh, the, the unities as they call it. Yes. Unity. I'll, I'll That's try, right. I'll, That's I'll right. try to I'll try to call it by the right name now instead of uh, constantly making Star Trek references. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like with two and a half percent of the episode left, that's the moment to start well, getting it right. No. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, like. Crichton in his uh, Calvin's. Yes, yes, yes. I I kind of kind of struggled with that as well because I will <laughs> definitely be in my bunk. But in the meantime, I think my Woody probably has to go to these trigger pods. Like that was oh. a. I, I thought they were a really cool design. Um, and being part vegetable, you know that I don't do very well with invertebrates. No, true. I'm kind of curious what that would taste like. Yeah, I mean sea cucumbers, but no, no, that is no, 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 no. no that is something very different. <laughs> And uh, I guess the 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 willy would the willy be, is hard to figure no, out. No, I mean it would be. The, I, I would think that's the mental state of the uh, uh, the cult leader that we are dealing with. Because look, it's never established why she wants to kill her father, other than that she, I guess, she wants to take control. I mean, there's there's little in the way of motivation for the entire episode. They they want they want her there. They want this knowledge from Zan. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good point. But other than the fact that she kills her dad with it, there's no no real obvious reason why he's already going mad. Like nobody's, yeah. she's already the de-, de facto leader. So it it comes immediately after she she notices. Oh, you're you're very lucid today, father. Yes, as if his lucidity is a threat to her. Yeah, he might like spill some information that she. But it doesn't seem like he's keeping any secret that we no. know. He's just like happily tending the uh, the trees and. Uh, doesn't seem to be a bother. She's like, yeah, already I'm in charge. I'm really curious about this because it, it, it really feels to me like there was a few scenes that, that weren't filmed. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? That there yeah, was a, a, some the extra plot floor. lines. Yeah, because yeah, it, it might have been too uh, it might have been too long or too, uh, too convoluted. I don't know. I guess we can wrap it up then. And that's the story so far, Scape. Wow, we really need to work out some some better transitional material because <laughs> it does feel so so abrupt. abrupt like yes. we're we're keeping uh, stringing everyone along with our with our helpful banter, and now we stop. And so maybe next time we'll do like a klaxon or something uh, to really jar yes. you awake. We'll see you next week with the next episode, number one thirteen, called "The Flax," <gasps> in which John's flying lessons with Erin come to an abrupt yes. end when he is caught in the net left by Zenitian pirates to trap ships. Yes! Oh, I'm so excited! You can find us at SoFarscape on Twitter and Facebook, and on SoFarscape.com. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so Farscape, so good. good.